I remember when I went in the service, people from all over the country went in the service. Found out I was from Ashbrook. Well, you, how about Springwood Avenue? Mm -hmm. People knew about Springwood Avenue all over, all over the country. People knew about Springwood Avenue. Springwood Avenue was a legend. And it, 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 really, it really was. Truthfully, child, I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm serious. Miss Souter, it was, it was, it was a legend. Wherever I went, they found out somebody's about. Oh, how about Springwood Avenue? Yeah. So, I mean, it was celebrated. As it should have been. Yes. And it was just to see it just overnight, just. Welcome to Asbury Pod. You just heard the voice of saxophone player Cliff Johnson sharing some memories of growing up and playing music in and around Asbury Park Springwood Avenue Music Circuit. Just one of the many oral histories of the Springwood Avenue scene collected by the Asbury Park African American Music Project, or Asbury Amp. This week, we welcome Yvonne Clayton and Jennifer Souter from Asbury Amp to discuss the history of the Springwood Avenue Music District and what Asbury Amp is doing to preserve that history and discuss their plans to restore Asbury's legendary turf club. Welcome Yvonne and Jennifer. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official city of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Their interviews always hit the mark. So subscribe to Asbury Park. I mean, pod. Be informed, don't be in the dark. Everybody listen to Asbury Park. I mean, pod. Everything you need to know. Brought to you by Amy and Joe. If you're local, they're the pod for you. But Bennies are welcome and Shoebies too. From Route 35 to Convention Hall, Asbury Pod covers it all. Asbury Pod, I love you. I love you. Asbury Pod is back, folks, just in time for Black History Month, which is good. Uh, we took a little break, which we can describe. Yeah, um, I will say our last—it it wasn't terrible to do a break after our last podcast, which got a ton of listens because we talked to Pork Chop and Bradley Hoffer, who did the tree. Mm. And um, I don't know if you happen to hear about this tree in convention hall that wasn't in a hundred newspapers and online protests about it, but they, um, they were our last um, hurrah on AP pod and they got a ton of lessons. I got to say, you know, I didn't, I, I rarely do the math because I just don't, but I, I'm, I'm going to guess they're in the top three for most listened to. So the pressure is on ladies. The yeah. pressure is, <laughs> are you going to fuck with people's Christmas trees or what? Cause that yeah. apparently gets us lots of listens. Yeah. We had, I guess we had, a, we had some hate listens. If you're like, <laughs> I hate that tree. I'm going to listen to this whole episode. Um, anyway, so I do want to just say congratulations, Joe Walsh. I mean, you were never really on the market because you've been in a relationship for a right. very long time, but you are officially, <laughs> officially off the market. That is correct. I got married since we last spoke. A bit of a... Um, congratulations. Like a little surreptitious uh, COVID elopement. 
you know. (laughs) (laughs) And then you really, you tested those valves because then you fell down the stairs and got emergency surgery. So you, you went right into sickness. For better or worse, sickness and health, I decided to take, uh, I test the contract. I went right into that. So yeah, I broke, I didn't, I tore my quadricep tendon and I'm laid up in a splint for the next, but it's been, so that was January 30th when I fell. And so since then I've been more or less uh, hobbled with this uh, splint and another, another 10 to 12 weeks of, uh, of this. So yeah. So poor Rita, happy honeymoon. We need, we need some crutches and a wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> isn't it great you know um so uh you know amy we cursed ourselves because after our last episode we we had just started to plan returning to in-person recording of the podcast we were going to do something on as um at the roastery on the boardwalk and then i think, and because, parlor. I think yeah we we're gonna also oh and parlor too and parlor then, yeah and because we thought about that covid decided to ruin that everyone's plans and uh came back and now we're back online. So, um, one day, one day we'll see each other in person. So maybe next month. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Next month. it's probably month. not, but we'll be, <laughs> it'll be 2024 and we'll be like, remember we were going to go back to in person and then we're very lazy and not at all. Um, forcing ourselves to do that, but I'm so glad to be returning in 2022 with one, one of my favorite organization and two, two of my favorite people. Uh, so we are here today with Jen Souter and uh, Yvonne Clayton, Councilwoman Yvonne Clayton, but she's not here as a council councilwoman. She's here um, for AP AMP, which I'm going to obviously have them kind of give introductions and talk a little bit about um, AP AMP and its mission and and all of that. I mean, I have notes on it, but I think it's so much better coming from you guys. I think so we talked we talked briefly about this when Yvonne was on last time, but it, it was more about Yvonne than Asbury AMP, and then. So this is the full episode devoted to Asbury Amp. So why don't you guys tell us uh, tell us what that's about? What is the Asbury Amp? And what well, and maybe I should say now, but then we're not going to talk about it till later. Is one of the reasons is because it's a historic time for APM because you just bought the as Tri City calls the Surf Club, but what is actually called the Turf Club. <laughs> um, I don't think Dan listens, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll get a text if Dan does listen. Um, anyway, so just a little introduction and maybe talk about um, how long AP AMP has been in existence, your, you know, what your mission is. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of a lot of members on your board, actually. Sure. Hey, well, Yvonne or Jen. Either We both love to talk. So <laughs> um, since I'm talking, well, first of all, thank you so much for having us on. I know we're both really excited to be on here. Um, particularly to talk about the Turf Club and Asbury Park African-American Music Project, otherwise known as APM, because it's a really long name. Um, and But we've been working uh, as a group since about 2017. And we really started uh, as a small um, group of people in Asbury Park that are really passionate about the history of Springwood Avenue and really trying to get the stories of Springwood Avenue central to the story of Asbury Park. So we just started working, um, group of volunteers, documenting the history, doing some oral history interviews. And then in 2018, we were able to form as a nonprofit. And, and since then, there has been a group which has grown slightly, but still the core group, six or seven, now seven of us, um, just working first out of my kitchen and then um, now a lot on Zoom to work with uh, really our, our, we see our job as facilitating the sharing of these stories and, and the history of as. History of Asbury Park is so rich and diverse 
and history of Springwood Avenue, there's just endless stories to share. So we've had um, just so much fun having the opportunity to speak with musicians and people who are really passionate about Springwood Avenue history, which is the historic heart of uh, Asbury Park's African-American um, community. And I will let Yvonne talk about the Turf Club. Oh, well, um, the Turf Club is the last standing music venue on Springwood Avenue. Uh, back in the day, Springwood Avenue was known for nightclubs and music and record stores. And this building is the last one that's still standing. So it's very, very special to us and that we have been able to save it. And our plans are to reopen it as a live music venue on Springwood Avenue. It's not going to happen tomorrow. We need money and everything, but uh, that is the plan. And, and this is, we're a small group of people, but it's a very eclectic group because we have um, Kath Kathleen Melder, who is the director of the Asbury Park Library, Public Library. And there is Charles Trott, who is both an educator and an artist. And He's on our Public Art Commission, too. I love Charles. Charles is so... I mean, he will just tell you what he thinks, whatever that may be. And, exactly. and, and right, Yvonne, in our world, it's so much easier to deal with people who are going to tell me if they're pissed off at me or not pissed off at me, as opposed to being passive aggressive. And when Charles is pissed off at me, I know. And when Charles is not pissed off at me, I know. Is it Charles, <laughs> did Charles also uh, create that mural of Fats Waller that's right down the street from the, from the Turf Club? Yes, he did. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he yeah. did the big mu the mural by is is this one by Interfaith? Is that what we're talking about? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So and and then there's um, Bruce Booker, who is a videographer and a, a local historian and has been taking videos of Asbury Park and surrounding communities for years and years and years. And he had also worked in the school system. And then there, of course, Bruce is also a tremendous gardener, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh. So, so stop by his yard. <laughs> he also has the most well-behaved dogs on the planet. Like <laughs> yeah. when he walks his, if one of my dogs acted like one of his five, I would, I would consider myself <laughs> successful. And he also does beautiful um, woodwork, woodwork, and he makes walking sticks. And it's, he's a real artist. And yeah. Great. Another creative person. We, we have so many creative people on, on our committee. And um, then, of course, there's Jennifer Souter, who is a landscape architect and brings something else. She brings organization to us. She, she is really our, she's our leader. <laughs> um, and uh, in addition to that, Ruben Bray, and I don't know if you know Ruben, but you, you, if you don't know him, you have seen him because he's very visible around the city. He also works for the school system, but he is known for playing music. And he's an amazing DJ. I mean, a okay. really amazing DJ. And any music, any type of music that you're interested in, Ruben can talk to you about it. And he can also play it. And he's has knowledge of it. So... It's, it's a really great group. And last um, is Melissa. And Melissa Keeling. Yeah, was an 
an active member of our community. She has since relocated to Kentucky, which was her home, but still is supporting us doing- um, The flute player, Yvonne? Is this the flute yeah. player? Yeah. She moved to Kentucky. Oh, wow. Why? Yeah. Did she want to do that? Well, that's her home. Okay. And she has a, now has a great job working for the university in Kentucky. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, and, and she's going to be doing some wonderful things this summer with um, other players and, and workshops and things. So she's back in her element, but she's still an active member of our group. And, and then, Les, there's me. <laughs> and, and what I bring to the group is uh, my sense of history, my sense of history of, of Asbury Park. I'm probably uh, the oldest person in the group, and, and I have a real memory of Springwood Avenue, what it was, and what I think it can be again. I think... Um when we're talking about Springwood Avenue, as, as I've learned over time, <clears throat> is that the history of African-American music on Springwood Avenue, that goes back a long time. You know, the modern perception of Asbury Park as, as, uh, as a center of music, you know, the modern narrative is it's kind of starts with Bruce Springsteen and the Stone Pony. But that's not really, yeah. that's, that's, just, that's just got here, right? Yeah. So it goes back much, much farther. And the first time I had a concept of the wider um heritage of Asbury Park is I was watching a documentary about the trumpeter Lee Morgan and they were uh, interviewing Wayne Shorter, who was from Newark um, about that. And he just casually mentioned, well, you know, that Lee had come to see um, somebody play in Newark because Newark had a big jazz and uh, African-American music scene also. And that they were going to go see uh, that someone was going to see Billie Holiday in Asbury Park. And I was like, you know, I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, well, where in Asbury Park did Billie Holiday play? Right. And Asbury, Asbury Amp may have an answer to that. Maybe we don't know what this particular um, where she played, but, there, you know, there's a whole. Oh, you love Joe giving you a pop quiz. It's like, <laughs> when no, was I mean, Asbury actually... founded, Amy? <laughs> Yeah. Fuck if no, I know, for, Joe. For, Fuck if I but, know. But all of these, uh, all of these venues that are no longer visible, they're all gone you know, had a vibrant scene of, you know, Billie Holiday, uh, George Benson playing, all these people coming through Asbury Park as a regular um, stop for major, major uh, figures in, uh, you know, the African-American music scene, jazz and blues, R&B, et cetera. So I, you know, you know, that's when, that's the first time I started thinking about well, where, where, where are these venues, right? And so Asbury Amp, it was about the same time as ramp was formed. So it was like serendipity. I saw the, saw, saw the documentary and then not too long, not too much later, I, I learned about Asbury Amp. And yes. we love okay, Go ahead, Ivan. No, I was just going to say, yes, we were, Asbury Park was part of the circuit. There, there was that New York, uh, Newark, Atlantic City, Philadelphia, and right in between was this little town on the shore where you could come and relax and just have hotels and everything that would make it comfortable for an African-American traveler and for musicians. It was just a great, it was a Mecca. I know that just on the council, I'm always asked about, um, re within the last month, I was asked by um, an Asbury Park press reporter, what was my 
favorite Bruce Springsteen song. And I'm not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Not, not that I'm not, I, I, you know, he seems like a lovely human being um, just uh, not at home playing his, his music on anything other than Spotify. Um, so having said that, when you guys come across, I mean, is, when, when you talk about APM with people who don't know about it or aren't familiar, is the first thing Bruce Springsteen or, or how does that conversation go? Well, and, and you know what, part of the story that you just said is part of why APM started, because we love, we love all the music that can, you know, the story of music in Asbury Park, as we said, is so diverse and so rich, but this foundational music that's been part of the history of the city, you have to dig, not so much anymore, but you have to dig, dig, dig to find that Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, all these amazing people performed here, and not just those big names, which are amazing, but also so many names of people that played with those big acts, like Lonnie Youngblood, who played with Jimi Hendrix, all these musicians that came through that had a history long before Bruce made his name here. And Bruce has his own connections to Springwood Avenue um, and kind of coming up and hearing those sounds and, and listening in clubs. And um, But it seems so such a missing thing that this history of music that was so rich and, you, and people, a lot of the people we interview, like Cliff Johnson, who's now 96, talked about, you know, being in the service and he'd say, oh, I'm from Asbury Park. And, you know, this is me quoting his words saying, people would say, Springwood Ave, you're from Springwood Ave, I know Spring, you know, and people would know it in the African-American community and the music world, but that you don't hear that story as much now, hopefully more, because Asbury Park African-American Music Project's trying to share it and others too. So it's, it's amazing. The list, as you said, because I'm a big history geek and I love, you know, as soon as I see, you know, a listing of who played at the Orchid Lounge on X date, I'm immediately digging back. Now, who is that sax player? Who do you, and the stories are crazy. Then you hear connections to the Chitlin circuit, like Yvonne was just saying, and musicians that came up from the South and had these stories. And um, it's just fascinating. It's fascinating. And it ties into our current day because musicians are still here. People we get to talk to. Um, it's just so rich. So anyone who's interested in music, period, should know this about Asbury Park, we think. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. One of the first things that Jen and I did was right at the very beginning, there was a, a, a tribute to Gladstone Trot and at the VFW. And we went and it was musicians from like 10 to 100 that all ages, they were just kept coming in. And I was writing down names like, who knew? that we had this wealth of talent here in Asbury, still here in Asbury and the surrounding areas that don't get a chance to play here. Or you very, very, they, you know, it's, it's a new era, but the, and they also remember the turf club and we played at the turf club or I played at big bills or remember the day that I played back Shirley Scott at the Orchid Lounge. It's, there's a wealth of information here that just hasn't been told. I, you know, met, um, for those of you not from Asbury Park, Springwood Avenue is not very long. So how many venues are we talking about? You have a map on the website that's dotted with little pin, uh, pinpoints, map, uh, map flags. How many music venues are along that stretch of street? Is it two miles long maybe between uh, Main Street and 35? Barely two miles, right? It's barely yeah. two miles. 
you know, I'd say, I mean, so the tricky thing about documenting this history is, of course, venues move and change and the names change. So we've tried to kind of track their history from, you know, when the city changes the name of whatever, the blocks and all that. But I mean, we at least 25 in that stretch um, where that you could hear music in some form or another, uh, not to mention tons of businesses, you know, just a thriving place to be that if you walk down today, which is a new a new version of Springwood Avenue, but you know, I've lived here about 12, I guess, coming up on 12 years. And um, when I first was walking on Springwood Avenue, when I first moved here um, and I had heard a little, you know, learned little bits. And it, to me, it was so striking that you couldn't see any of that history just in the, you know, on the streetscape. And that's kind of when this was first, we were talking about this early on, you know, how do you connect to that history when a lot of the visible streetscape has changed? Um, mm. And that's why the Turf Club still being there is such a big deal. If you think about other other cities that have 25 live music venues in two two miles, maybe you think Memphis, Nashville, right? Uh, you know, parts of New York City, uh, all the big music capitals. You know, so As Asbury had the same kind of um, potential to have been you know a, a current music city, right? Mm-hmm. And, and plus, in addition to that, there were places that weren't clubs, but they played music like the Elks. You could go in and hear a small band playing in those those little venues. And there were music stores. All the music stores had music blasting onto the street. It was just part of the streetscape. It, it was what you expected. It was part of the energy and the feeling of walking down Springwood Avenue. I have to tell you, I have a super duper crush on JT Bowen. Mm-hmm. I just feel like every time I see him, he's like... I, like if I could if I could capture that energy and put it in a bottle and then pull it out throughout the week and function as um, happy and energetic, just what an amazing vibe that guy has. Whenever you have um, fundraisers and we're going to ask you about fundraisers and events and he's at them in a non-pandemic, I would try to go because when I watch him perform, I like quite literally feel happy. Have you seen his COVID beard? He has amazing beard right now. Amazing. Oh, does he? amazing beard right now yes and he also played at the turf club oh nice so yeah. you know what i wanted to ask you guys because when you were starting this i remember you documenting it a lot by a video and and making sure that these stories were captured and um getting it you know to, to you know in the schools and just you know making sure that um this history was not erased but I don't remember you guys talking about the turf club there was it was this always in the back of your heads and and just curious how that came about because I, when it when you first started this, I, I I'm not sure if I if I caught on that, that the venture the eventual goal was to buy the turf club. Well, this is a story we love to talk about. I'll start. I'll start, and I know. Um, so in 2018, um, Yvonne and I had the chance to go out and speak at the National Trust for Historic Preservation conference in uh, San Francisco. We had so much fun. Uh, it's a great trip. And we went to talk uh, about, you know, some kind of the, the phrase was like intangible history of the black community. Like it was a very long sort of, you know, historic preservationist type title. And we were talking about what, how do you talk about music history in a space when the neighborhoods changed a lot is basically what we were talking about. And we walked into a room full of historic preservationists and we, you know, talked about Asbury Park and Springwood Avenue and all these things. And the first and many questions after were, what are you going to do about the turf club? Because we had images that showed the turf club. And uh, 
kind of, and we said this is the last standing music venue and Yvonne and I looked at each other, not that we hadn't thought about it before, but we hadn't really concentrated on, you know, could it be a possibility that we could possibly save the turf club? And that's really what started, um, started our quest, our quest, right, Yvonne? <laughs> it. It, was, it was serendipity. That's all I can say is they, that was the very first question they asked after our presentation is, what are you doing to preserve that building? And... and and so it started to flicker in your head and then and then take us through the process because it had a private owner. No, no question about that. Uh, we came back and said, who owns the turf club? <laughs> <laughs> it was very, it was like, let's see what we can do. And it turned out to be Vince Gifford. We approached him and said, we don't have any money, but we'd like to buy this building from you. And he said, Okay, it was amazing. Um, other people have approached him to purchase the building and he committed to us and he waited until this is, that was 18 and this is 22. <laughs> so it's taken us that long to get the resources that we needed to, to actually close on it. So uh, we owe a great debt to him. He, and he and this isn't the you know we'll we'll give him a quick shout out. Vince Gifford um, is a long long time resident of Esbury Park, um, probably one of the kindest landlords, give or take, uh, that we have here, um, and also donates a ton of money to either the Boys and Girls Club. He used to donate I think to Westlake Community Center. Just a a, a person who. Um, who, who absolutely gives their time and money to causes that um, particularly help youth, but in general in Asbury Park to a wide range of causes. He, um, you know, a huge uh, thank you to Vince Skifford and the things he's done in Asbury Park. He's done a great, he's done a lot of great things. Yeah. You know that Vince also delivered beer on Springwood Avenue back in the day. So he has his own connection to a lot of these venues. And so he really, um, he's sort of part of the story. So when we were doing interviews, he remembers a lot of the things that we talk about in the different venues and he def definitely delivered to the turf club at one point. You know, my, my um, well, the, the turf club, so you bought the building, but the building has issues, right? What issues? <laughs> the lack of roof. Yeah. It's missing a roof and other things. Right. So you've, you bought some walls uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and it needs work. Right. You bought some concrete. Yes, <laughs> very important corner in Esbury Park. And, and history. And history. Um, and I said that not to make fun of it, but to say you have more work to do. And so like Asbury Amp is just getting started on this project, right? So the idea, so what, you know, why did you buy it? What is your plan? What are your plans? Well, we, so for, I just want to always just make this might sound like a really boring thing to say, but we spent a, a large amount of time um, as I said, we always, our whole point is to share the stories. So when, whenever we interview people, we talk about the turf club along with other venues or ask, um, and that corner at Atkins and Springwood just holds really important memories to everyone we talk about. And it might seem kind of weird to talk about a corner, but even just the layout, having that door of the turf club on the corner, people, before we were talking about, you know, trying to buy the turf club, people would say, oh, you walk down Springwood, you'd hear music coming out of the turf. Or, you know, peek in when you're not allowed in the turf club, you're too young and you peek in the window and see who's playing, you know, these stories and that corner at Springwood um, and Atkins is really an important memory for a lot of people that, uh, you know, are from the neighborhood. So 
we felt really, really strongly that that structure itself, yes, four walls, very sturdy and good shape four walls. Um, and just the way the doors are, the placement of the windows, the way that that building exists is really important. So it's not, it wasn't good enough to, you know, let's demo it and do something else about live music. No, we wanted to have that building um, such as it is. So, uh, <laughs> so yes, we, we have a lot of money to raise. We've had a lot of support, a lot of community um, passion about it. Uh, we don't have a lot of dollars, so we're working on that. We just launched our uh, New Year New Turf campaign, which uh, is launched this year. And that's our big uh, focus on the Turf Club um, for 2022 and the years coming out. But we're, we have a new committee forming that's helping us with that effort. Uh, we have a lot of money to raise. And you keep saying that, Jed. Like, what does that mean? Just give me like millions. This is the second time in two days that someone has said, "Just say the number, Jen." Well, you well, you keep saying we have a lot of money to raise. We have a lot of money to raise. Like, I'm assuming you're going to need at least a million. Yes, our, yeah, our, yeah. about one point two million dollars to raise. And in this first year, we're looking to raise about three hundred thousand um, dollars, which is encompasses a number of things, including uh, a new roof. Because as lovely as it was to have Tuesdays at the Turf with the sky. So, well, let's go into Tuesdays at the Turf because that was, you know, such a lovely event this um, this summer that, you know, I enjoyed and it was just lovely getting back in that building. That so was great. Yeah. So take us through, you know, what made you think of that, how, how you booked the bands, um, you know, take us through that process. Well, well, what initially happened is I went to an event in Long Branch at the WFB or whatever that place is called. And we were in the courtyard and it didn't have a roof. And I thought, hey, this may be something that we could do. Brought it back to the group and we, the group just jumped on it and said, let's do it. Let's see if we can find musicians who want to play with us. Uh, Ruben was able to talk to Asbury Audio and they, and somebody else, we've had so much support. And Asbury Audio said, okay, we'll supply the sound. We'll do that for you. And we had, we believe that musicians deserve to get paid. When they play, they deserve mm-hmm. to get paid. So we had money and, and we paid and we hired musicians to come in. And we said to the community, come to Tuesdays at the Turf. Bring your own chair and listen to music and they showed up and and since it was so successful even though we've had what four i think we had four performances last year this year we're planning to do an entire schedule so, so look something to look forward this summer so, yeah those were fun and i think the turf the, the turf uh that location in atkins and springwood there's a little a lot of energy bubbling up over there because you know now you have the macrobytes guys across the street who are huge supporters of the Asbury Amp, yes. you know, who former guests on the uh, on the show. You have um, the park. You have the 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 uh, the gardens on yep. on both on both sides. You have the Kula Cafe uh, greenhouse and also the um, so there's just a lot of fun. music Mondays. You have music Mondays that get, music that Mondays like huge crowds in the park. Yeah, and so there's a whole lot of good stuff happening right on that corner and it's you know and the turf is right in the middle of it mm-hmm. um you know i mentioned the fats waller um mural that uh, charles had painted but 
I left out the fact that Fats Waller performed there. I mean, and wrote Honeysuckle Rose, like two buildings down or three, three buildings down. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most famous songs in history uh, written in Asbury Park, performed by Fats Waller. I mean, one of the most larger than life music people in, in history, <laughs> like literally. And uh, um, so anyway, I, I changed the subject, but I, I like the, the there's a lot of verve and energy coming in and around that turf club that, you know, hopefully bodes well for the restoration. Yeah, it's a crossroads. And also the uh, we were really, really excited. I mean, there's a lot of really fun things about the energy of last summer, Um, partly just getting people. People were just so excited to be back in there. People who remembered it just like, you know, peeking in. We we have the and thank you, Asbury Audio. It took it to a whole nother level because the music sound, the musicians love to be in there. They said the sound is great. The acoustics are great. And uh, people would just. And I, so I'm going to give a shout out to Jason Dermer, who also volunteers um, Asbury Audio for a number of causes in Asbury Park. If there's a Black Lives Matter, pro, uh, you know, protest or um, some, you know, he, he also is a, a huge asset to the community and oh, a very, very kind in donating what is likely thousands of dollars of services to, to make sure that the, the sound mm-hmm. and musicians are taken care of. Oh, and, and man hours, because they have to come and set up and they have to stay there to be with us. So it's, it's a wonderful organization and it's great that they volunteer for us. Yeah, they've been amazing. And they, um, yeah, I mean, we set up at two o'clock and we're there till they they were amazing. Um, But we also were able to bring in musicians. Our focus last summer was musicians who had performed at the Turf Club. So we had many people who had been part of the original uh, house band at the Turf Club. I mean, everyone that played last year had some connection to, you know, back in the day at the Turf Club. And so just having some of those reunions of different musicians coming together again, um, it, it was something I won't forget. And you did all of this during a pandemic, which, um, you know, for the last three years, where one thing that I really liked, one, during the pandemic, people haven't been their best selves, myself included. And I just thought the crowd that you got on Tuesdays were, were people who were just looking to sit down connect a little bit safely. You know, my friend Patricia, I think, went to almost all of them or or a number of them. Um, You know, I think uh, the vibe that you created there intentionally or not was a vibe of people um, really evaluating their time and and listening to this music and and, um, honoring that history. So I have to give you guys credit for that. Well, thank you. I think, and remember the no roof helps. (laughs) <laughs> Joe, you're on mute. Yeah, yeah so I, I really enjoyed coming down because I got to meet a lot of people from the wider Asbury community who would talk about their memories of being in the, you know, the fun times they had as kids in the turf club, sneaking in to, you know, to try to get their parents, you know, pull their parents out or, or you know. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's a nice community setting, get to meet all of your neighbors. Um and it was fun. I enjoyed every every yeah, every session I had that I attended. So I'm looking forward to next summer. It's great. Yeah, and I, and I just want to you know, most of us during the pandemic are dealing with our crushing anxiety and depression. And you two are bringing people into the turf club and creating a vibe that is welcoming to everybody coming in. So just talk a little bit about working on this project. Um, you know, I know obviously, of course, your meetings are probably now via Zoom, but. Just this isn't a climate of of easy raising money. Um, you know, you need you need in person events for things like that. Just talk a little bit about how the pandemic ha- has affected your po- the the project positively or negatively. 
Well, it's a little of both. I mean, unfortunately, as most, it's it's been a lot of um, hardship because one, the music community has been hit so hard, in particular COVID, the African-American community and musician community. So a lot of people had direct impacts, um, you know, in their families and everything, like every everybody. Um, and of course, yes, not have the ability to have a lot of fundraising events and that type of thing, or just just as sort of our visibility was starting to grow, then everything kind of shut down. So um, we really, we were fortunate to get a few uh, grants through the New Jersey Council of Humanities for COVID relief grants that helped us a lot. Uh, and really to make sure, we were so glad we already had a digital museum and a platform to share the stories set up. Um, the interviews, yes, we love doing interviews in person, just like you do, I'm sure. And so we did have to go to Zoom for most of our interviews, sometimes phone even, um, just audio. And so that was a little bit um, challenging, but it really made us focus on uh, making sure that things could still be accessible online. And so that's somebody else we have to be grateful to, and that is the Springsteen archives at Monmouth University, because that's where we're storing all this information. And, and it's available to you know, historians that want to go in and find out more about Asbury Park and Springwood Avenue. And we know somebody uh, who runs the show at the Springsteen Archives, which is Councilwoman Eileen Chapman. She does an amazing job. So shout out to her. I feel like we're doing lots of shout outs today. So shout out to her. Um, uh, can, can I, and, and I asked this on other projects, so if it, if it's a weird question, but like what, what's been the most rewarding thing about working on this and what's been the most difficult? I have to imagine raising money's like the biggest pain. I only say that as somebody who goes through projects trying to raise money and it's always such a pain. Well, I, the, the rewarding part is easy. I mean, first of all, it's like a long list, but say, I say this all the time and I mean it a hundred percent that sitting down with people and hearing their stories is a every single time is a gift. And I know it sounds cheesy, you know, corny, whatever, but every single time, even if it's, oh, you know, we're tired or there's some issue or it's stressful or it's time crunch. Once we sit down and we start talking to people about their memories or their, their family, just how spring would have impacted them, their own personal stories. Every single time we walk away, looking at all of us, looking at each other saying, I can't believe we just had the opportunity to hear these stories. I, I don't even know, really know how to explain it in a way that makes sense, but you know, it's, it's people's personal stories and we feel really, um, passionate about being very careful and respectful of people's stories because they're not our, it's not our stories. We're, we're just trying to share them. So for me, hands down, the reward of sitting down and getting to people being trusting us enough to share their stories. And sometimes they're very personal and, you know, they don't necessarily know us or they, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And that to me has been really a gift. I think I should point out that what you're talking about is you're collecting an, an oral history project of, people who've played, you know, musicians and, um, and, and, you know, uh, other people involved in the As As Springwood Avenue scene and you're, you're posting them on your website. So when you're, when you're talking about talking to people, you know, if you're listening to this, you can go to the Asbury website and listen to these interviews with these, you know, musicians in their eighties, seventies, eighties, and nineties, sort of reliving yeah. their, um, their youth and sometimes wild <laughs> youth, uh, um, you know, my own land, my, my landlord played, uh, the turf club. Um, he was a, he started playing professionally as a saxophone player when he was like 15 or 16 years old. And the, you know, um, 
And he also talks about another bar. I, I didn't mean to jump subjects, but you know, when you start talking about people about what they used to do, there's some pretty interesting places. There was another bar in town that had the stage was above the bar. It, it like, oh, which that, was, that was um, the Redwoods. Yeah. He said he used to play there. And like, should you be playing, looking down on people while having their drinks, but the band was above the bartenders, you know, it's pretty wild. Yeah. You know, that was a great place. <laughs> So most rewarding aspect of this is getting to hear people's stories and get that out to the world. What's the, what's the most um, stressful part of the, pro- the project? Raising the money, putting the, grants, putting the grants together, waiting for what you hope is going to be approval um, and suffering the disappointment of being turned down. That, that hurt. <laughs> That's the hardest part. Um, but I, I want to go back just for a minute to, for me, the best part of this has been interviewing musicians who are no longer with us. And, and that we have been able to preserve some history that could have been lost if, if we had not had that opportunity. Uh, and, and what comes to mind is Dee Holland and Al Griffin, and they were two of the first three that we interviewed. <clears throat> and, and, they were, and they were wonderful interviews. And these are musicians who in their 90s were still playing. Not, maybe not professionally, but for themselves, they were still practicing their craft. And, and I find that just absolutely amazing. Dee Holland's ama- was amazing, was absolutely amazing. Um, so for t- what's the goals for 2022? Doing Tuesdays at Tuesdays at the Turf Club again and, and give us some ideas and some thoughts um, on, on where 2022 is going to take you guys. And hopefully it's going to take us all out of this pandemic. <laughs> Let's hope so. Well, first of all, keep an eye on because we have some events planned. Um, as you mentioned, Tuesdays at the Turf is going to be a more full schedule. And we'll also, people will know the dates ahead of time. Last year, we were really flying by the seat of our pants. And, um, you know, what can we do next Tuesday? This year, there'll be a schedule that people can plan on um, and a longer schedule this summer. Uh, we also hopefully have, we have uh, some other events to be announced coming up. So keep an eye on our social media because there'll be some fundraisers and other events around town um, in the spring, in the late part of the spring to look forward to. Um, If some of those grants that we just talked about can come through or some benefactor comes and brings us a big check, uh, we're working on getting that roof up this year. That's it from the construction side. That's our big uh, goal to get the roof on the the turf club. Yeah, we're hoping to have a major kickstart to our capital campaign uh, because that's going to get us over the hump and get us actually doing construction. But we have been working with amazing people. We've had a pro bono attorney that helped us get to the closing. We've had um, historical architects who have worked with us to look at the building and say, yes, this building can be saved uh, because that was part of our concern. Uh, it's been sitting vacant, being rained on, snow, everything. And can we use, reuse what's there? And the answer is yes. And that 
gave us a sense of, because we didn't want to tear down. We didn't want it to tear down. And we wanted to save the building, even though historically, it's not a very exciting building, but culturally, it means so very much, and especially at that corner. And people say that about the pony as well. Like, and I'm not saying the pony's winning some architectural award, but there isn't another venue that is known internationally the way the Stone Pony is. If you go there right now, there's going to be tourists taking pictures in front of the Stone Pony. And I never know what to what to make of that. Um, you know, I understand architecture is super important and and really interesting to preserve as well. But the historical significance of some of these buildings that don't have necessarily sharp architecture is um, like the Turf Club, um, like the Pony, like a, a number of places in Asbury. It's, um, it's always strange to me. Um, people think it's then worth tearing down. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, I'm not verbalizing that, right? <laughs> agree. Agreed. No, I, I know what you're saying. And I agree. I have a, a question thinking about Asbury AMP as a, an organization, you know, 10 years out, what does success look like for Asbury AMP? Like what is the turf club? So say we have a wildly successful, like Bitcoin, Bitcoin billionaires listening right now is like going to drop a coin on you guys. Right. And so, so we, we raise all the money. What is it? What does uh, the turf club look like? Uh, you know, when, when it's restored and what is it doing? Take it away, Yvonne. <laughs> I, I see you chomping at the bit over there. <laughs> The Turf Club is thriving. We are having live music. May Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, you come in, um, you bring your own bottle, <laughs> you sit down, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a community place. It's a place where not only local musicians play, but we get some well-known musicians on, on a Saturday night. Uh, it's a place where you can take your best girl and know you're going to have a good time. <laughs> It's it's a place that during the week, kids are in learning how to play instruments. It, it, it's, it becomes somewhat of a community center. And it's also a place where you can find out the history because we have our own platform called Pass It Down. And, and Pass It Down is where you can see the mapping. Um, where was the capital on Springwood Avenue? Oh, what, what was the capital? And we can talk about that. And, you know, we can talk about the different businesses that serve the community. Why was Springwood Avenue so important to this community? And it's like many African-American communities who have, who were flourished and then disappeared. But we're not going anywhere. We are gonna recreate part of that history. And a lot of that will be cohesive and you can find it within the turf club. So the Turf Club is going to be a seven-day-a-week, maybe 12-hour-a-day business that provides community services and live music. And be a symbol. No, that's amazing. Could, um, you had, I, I just want to do, recognize that you did, re, I feel like last weekend you guys had events um, because I saw pictures and I was like, God, they're out late. <laughs> That's like way, <laughs> way too late for me, ladies. Kudos to you for staying out that late. But you recently had a couple of events that were, um, I think they were fundraisers for a number of places, but you guys were definitely on that list. Do you want to just um, give a thank you to, to that crew? One, was that the Wonder Bar? 
Absolutely. Yes, we've been so lucky this year and other times, but uh, we were part of the What a, what a Wonderful Year, which is two, ni- two nights of really amazing music featuring local music. Um, and it's put on by a sort of conglomerate of people, but we start productions. Um, Jim, I'm going to say his last name wrong. Lips, no, it starts with an L, Jim L. Um, <laughs> from Music Foundation and other entities, they all come together really to focus on local it's sort of what I can't remember the word that they use to describe it, but it's like a celebration um, for the musicians that are always out working and not getting to celebrate each other. And so it was two nights of just amazing acts. And then a portion of the proceeds went to Asbury Park African-American Music Project and um, the Asbury Park Dinner Dinner Table. Dinner Table. Um, Oh, nice. Oh, that's awesome. It was amazing. And that's not the first. We also had Asbury Lanes, um, which... We there was a hip hop benefit that we were part of. It was called the Circuit Series, and we were the. Benefit. I watched it online. Yeah, so we've been really those types. I mean, that kind of community support just in the music community has been um, amazing. And then this week, JCP and L gave us a grant. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. So nice. And what's the next event that people need to put on their calendar, or should they just keep track on your social media? Keep track on our social media. There's okay. Some- some announcements coming. Definitely keep keep an eye out for the summer uh, Tuesday at the turf. Jen, why nice. don't you give us your, your, your lockdown date yet? Sorry, Ivami, I cut you off. Oh, okay. I just said we're planning, but we haven't locked down a date. But what we have done is we have created an arm of AP Amp for fundraising. And we um, have enough, a group of people who are stepping up and, and they're gonna be like in charge of helping us to fundraise for our great need to renovate the turf club. Nice, very nice. Joe, are you, I feel like you're egging to say something and we all keep cutting you off. What, what are you trying to say, Joe? No, I was to say, Jen, just to pursue into the social media, why don't you tell us what, what is the Asbury Amp website and where can they find you on social media? Sure, um, so our website is asburyamp.org. And that's that'll get you to our website, which also links to the Digital Museum, which is sort of just more in-depth. And uh, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram. It's also Asbury Amp on Instagram. Um, and yeah, we post every Wednesday. Westside went, we post other times too, but you can count on Westside Wednesday post every week at least to hear what's going on. Um, and that's really the best way to find out because we keep, up, keep that up to date um, with announcements about what's happening with the organization, upcoming things at the Turf Club, uh, the campaign, everything. That's kind of the place to keep an eye on us. And you're not on TikTok yet, are you? We are not on TikTok I yet. know. I feel like, you know, Heather watches TikTok videos all the time. I feel like we all need to get, we're, we're missing a whole genre of people there, Joe. Why don't you do AP pod on TikTok? You handle that. All right. Well, I, I, I will Great. say that's I, on you. Okay. Before 2025, Joe, I'd like to, us to be on. Uh, I won't be able to dance TikTok. on TikTok for about 12 weeks, but. <laughs> um, and fun fact, me, Joe and Jen all lived in the Santander all uh, around the same time. I think I'm the first one who's there because mm-hmm. I think I was were. there in, in 2000 ish. Um, but then you both came later and then I was trying to figure out, Jen, did you write out Sandy? I forget. I know Joe and I wrote it out. I did not write Joe, it out. You did not. You, I, you skedaddled. I was in the middle of the night pan- planning to stay because all my um, really cool friends in Asbury Park were staying. <laughs> Even though I was there with an infant and a number of pets <laughs> on the eighth floor near Joe. Yeah. And I uh, 
I was like, I'm staying, I'm staying. And people, my friend, family saying, you gotta get out of there. And then I woke up in the middle of the night, looked out the window, it was raining. And I thought that the ocean was surrounding the Santander because I saw water and panicked. The ocean was not surrounding the Santander. No, but there was that time where the ocean and Deal Lake came up and there was a Very whole close. bunch of water by the Santander. Was, that, was, there, that was a bit a There was bit some dead. There was terrifying. some dead fish outside the next morning. So I carried, So you left in the middle of the night? I, it was like, like a worse idea. It was such a bad idea. I mean, in the end, it was fine. But yeah, it was, it was early, very early morning, like four or five in the morning. Took the animals and Morgan and put everybody in the car and then felt really silly when I got down. I mean, it was dramatic, but it was still just rain. And uh, yeah, we headed out and we're very fortunate to. Because My story is, I said, I don't want to be one of those people on the news where they were like, this dumb woman with her baby is stuck on the eighth floor and we have to put our resources to go. <laughs> so that was my thinking at the time. Well, you know, my mother wouldn't leave. So I, yeah, no, my mother was like, I'm not leaving you idiot. We're not staying in Asbury. It's, it's not going to be that bad. It's only going to be a little rain. So we were like, well, then, you know, I'm not going to be the person who leaves their mother in Asbury Park when, you know, falls into the ocean so that's why we stayed and then i feel like joe rita was like i'm staying you didn't want to stay and then you stayed and had tremendous anxiety throughout the entire storm yeah i did well especially when the, the building did give a good lurch once i was like whoa wow <laughs> there was one like there was one sway that i was like oh boy but the re- most of it was okay. But yeah, Rita's the one I wanted to stay. And then she went to a wedding and I was by myself for the rest of the time. <laughs> when the, the power is out for 14 days. Just oh, me. that was rough. That was like the roughest yeah. the power I, was out there. I drank all of the beer uh, that the brick wall could provide. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, had, a, we had just moved back about that time. And oh, you were here for it. I was here and our bedroom was on the front of the house. And the windows were vibrating and moving back and forth. It, it was so frightening that we got up and moved into the back of the house. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, God, am I going to make it through tonight? I thought the windows were going to blow in. Um, well, there was this other point where Deal Lake came up and the ocean came up. And so you were a little bit like, rah, rah. <laughs> Um, we've all also thinking about this too the other day. We've all li- lived in multiple units in the Santander. Like we didn't all live in one unit. We lived in multiple units in it. And then I lived in 3B at the time, which was having the work done, of course, on the side facing the ocean. So it was so cold for those 14 days. I remember having like blanket after blanket after blanket to, to sleep there because the, the concrete was essentially gone because they were redoing the facade. Mm-hmm. So we it was so cold for those 14 days. Oh, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'm a person who's always cold anyway, but it was so cold. Anyway, I digress on that. AP pod. There's your, they, there you go, AP pod listeners. None of us listened to any of the alerts and we all stayed in Asbury for Sandy. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't follow our. Although I don't think I was on the council then, was I? Well, let's no, I wasn't. Okay. No. Not yet. Is there, can I mention something that I had on my mind that I meant to mention? Sure. Yeah. Oh, because I was I was just thinking about um, you know, all the support we've had for APM throughout, which has been, you know, you'd ask what our most rewarding part was, and as I said, there's a lot of things. Um, another thing is our team. I mean, our team is amazing, and there's we our team 
is just amazing. We all bring something crazy to it and we, there's no drama and we all get along and everyone is really passionate about this work. Um, but we also have this group, which Yvonne started talking about of a uh, collection of professionals who have really donated their time um, just because they're also passionate about this topic. And so we've had uh, landscape architects, historic, historic architects, um, preservationists, uh, you name it, contractors, you know, people attorneys. just attorneys um, who have jumped in. And even if it's an advisory capacity from afar, writing letters for us, um, you know, people who do who spend their life work studying uh, gentrification in African-American communities, writing letters supporting as to why this history is so important or why the turf club itself, you know, just on because and pro bono. So we've had a lot of professional, again, we don't have a lot of dollars in the bank, but we've had a lot of professional. I'm not sure if our listeners heard that <laughs> they are looking for donations and they do not have a lot of dollars in their bank. So if you can give a dollar, first of all, you can give a dollar. Um, but really, if you can give a hundred dollars, that would be a huge help in preserving a little piece of Esbury Park. Oh my God. People are giving to I mean, I'm not even, we may have to cut it, but this nonsense with convention hall, it's like, I'm not even going to go down that road. I don't that, even know what, I don't even know what we're talking about. You don't so want to know. Let's not talk anyway. Buy a t-shirt. Yes. T-shirt. We have merch. We have merch tote bags. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, soon you'll be able to get them off the website. Uh, right now you can just contact us. Other cool stuff coming down. So Nice. And good to be back, Joe. And we yeah, kept good this, to see you all. We, we, we're still a little over 45 minutes, but we kept it a little bit closer. If we could do 45 minutes for 2022. <laughs> that, that's our 45 and 22. Is our, that's our goal. Um, that, that is one of our goals anyway. And I apologize if there was a, a tiny interruption, but since everyone here and now AP pod listeners will know, Malcolm lost his first tooth the oh. moment the moment you started recording. Because yeah, I said, you're not and were you like? That's why I was going like this, and my he's looking at me going like this, and it's been a long saga. So just it's now on the record. Yes. Oh, wow. Exciting, and it's also now on the record that I was shooing my son away as he lost his first two. Of course. All, but, all but Jen, remember, if this is a podcast, no one saw that, but uh, but us. But now you just told everyone. So, um, Jensen lost his first tooth eating a bagel. No, it was like completely not at all eventful. Um, okay. Anyway, listen, thanks guys. Thank you so much for anyone who is listening to this podcast. APMP needs, needs your money. Give them five, 10, 15, 20, hundred dollars. Come um, out to they, turf Tuesdays. Yeah. They, they, they need, we want a roof folks. So, so let's, let's, let's throw a little bit of cash their way. Okay. I assure you it's a worthy, worthy cause. Thanks guys. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank, Thank you. you.